0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the 25th edition of the Sports Runoff Podcast. We're going to be switching it up this podcast, as in most podcasts, I start by talking about the NFL to start out the podcast. But in this podcast, I'll be starting out the podcast by talking about the NCAA for a change. To start out, one of the big topics that we've seen from what just happened very, very recently was the... The starting quarterback for Houston, Derek King, he has declined to go to redshirt this year as he he has decided, after he had a torn meniscus last season, and he's, one, he's a he's a great top recruit for Houston and has been doing a lot for them, he has decided that it will be more beneficial for him to sit out this year as a redshirt because, because he thinks it's in his best interest and then make it so that he'd be able to Play in the year tw- and play the season 2020 because he think because as Houston is off to a very, very rough start this year with their only win being Prairie View, it's looking like this season could not be too hot for the Cougars. So it's looking at this point that Houston's gonna end up looking to their backup quarterbacks as Derek King looks like this will be in his best interest. Now, I'll also talk about the N- the NCAA. we look at an updated top 10 after a pretty crazy week four. Number one is still Clemson. They stay at the top after playing Charlotte winning like by a lot. Alabama also will stay at the same spot. They'll stay at two as they beat Southern Mississippi by a lot. But then after one and two, we all kind of expected. But now we get down to, to three through ten is where a couple things have been sh- shook up. Number three still has not as it's been Georgia. They got a big win over Notre Dame as I'll talk about. But they will stay the number three spot. Looking at the number four spot is LSU. They didn't really have that big of a game this week either against Vanderbilt. Ohio State, they just won absolutely off. A lot of people think Ohio State at this point should be higher than five. Just because of the fact of Justin Fields. I mean, he really recorded six touchdowns in one quarter. So a lot of people are saying that that deserves a lot more recognition than Ohio State's getting. And they should definitely be at least on top of LSU. I have to say, at this point, if you're wondering my input on this, I do have to say I definitely agree with this at this point. Just because the fact of he's a he's a very good quarterback, and I felt well, he's very talented. And we knew that whenever he went to Georgia, but then he, of course, we know he proceeded to go from Georgia to Ohio State, so he'd be able to play. At first, so he'd be able to play, and, be, and he beat out Tate Martell for the spot. That was last offseason, but I definitely do think Ohio State's the real deal, and I think there's a chance, well, LSU, if they want to get in, of course, is going to have to be Bama, and Georgia's also going to have to be Bama. So, which means the two, three, and four, most likely one of those teams is, well, I mean, all, at least one of those teams is going to have one loss at the end of this season, most likely. And the one who isn't is pretty much a guarantee they're in, because if you win the SEC with the way it is usually for football powerhouses, with Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Auburn and just many more. It's it's just going to come down to the fact that there's a, just a lot of there's a lot more in saying, "Oh, I won let's say I won the American Conference with like UConn and Houston when I was talking about Houston Deer and King. But there's just a lot more in say to say, "Oh, I won the SEC. Then I won the American or I won the ACC. The ACC again is good. When I talk about them like they're a good Power 5 conference, but Do they have SEC-powered teams? Do they really have, and some people argue, do they really have anybody but Clemson who is really a threat of going anywhere nationally or shaking up the national leaderboard? See, I don't think that they do, at this point at least, but who knows, they might at the end of this season. We're still only four weeks into the season, you have to remember. I think there are definitely some things that are shaping themselves to show that there are some teams that are coming out and playing and there are some teams that aren't at this point one of the teams that is coming out to playing is Oklahoma as they had a bye week last week but they are, they were say steady at the number 6 spot again Oklahoma another team that I I think could arguably jump right over LSU into that fourth spot in my opinion I think LSU should be the 6 I think LSU is a good team Joe Burrow he's having a he's having a good year but if they didn't start the season at ranks so high they wouldn't still be there. And I I think there's still a I don't know if I'd say there's the same negotiation with Georgia because that was a pretty big win over Notre Dame last week, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Georgia probably definitely has a lot more to their name than LSU does just at this moment. I mean, LSU, yeah, they beat Texas week one in a 45-38 barn burner. But as you can see, Texas isn't even in the top ten anymore. Georgia beat a Notre Dame team who is, even after that loss, with one loss, they realize that they're still such a good team The college football analysts realize, and the people who pick out the AP Top 25 that put it together, still realize they even know you lost. You're just that you're that good of a team, and you can hold that tight with Georgia, and you deserve to still be. Which is why Notre Dame, which I'll get to later, only dropped three spots. Looking at them, which is another SEC, as we were talking about SEC powerhouses, we also have Auburn. They're, They're another team. They, if you want to know an interesting fact for this season. Auburn plays the most top 25 ranked opponents of anybody in the entire nation through FCS, FBS, everything. They put eight of their 12 games that they will play this year will be against what teams that started in the top 25 at the beginning of this season. They might not be there now, but they did for sure start there at the top 25 and they'll be playing eight of them. Right now, Auburn's at seven. I've seen some analysts argue, why is Auburn even there? Like They're good, but are they are they absolutely great? Again, I don't know. I just think they're going to be again. They're going to be battle tested with a start with a true freshman quarterback. Again, they had a big win this this past week beating Texas A and M, number seventeen Texas A and M. And I mean that that win week one with Bo drive taking them down to win the game against the University of Oregon. I mean, yeah, that that was that was also huge. But I I feel like it's just the fact. There, are, some people say there are a lot of teams under them that should be over them. I don't know if I completely agree with that, but I feel like maybe they they have something. But I don't know if I don't know if it's enough to say for sure that Auburn should be lower than seven at this point. They might end up lower, but I don't know if they will be at this point in the season. Number eight is our newcomer that we have for this week, and that's the University of Wisconsin. After absolutely what most people call absolutely dominating Michigan to the point of thirty-five nothing yet at half making. Michigan end up having to put in their backup quarterback who is funny enough Christian McCaffrey's younger brother, Dylan McCaffrey, and and poor Shaw Peterson after the after halftime because he was just playing so poorly, and Jonathan Taylor just looking like the Heisman candidate that we all know that he is. I suppose it it's really just comes down to the fact of Wisconsin definitely deserves to be there. That's really just what I'm trying to get out. Wisconsin definitely deserves to be there. Number nine is a team that nobody in this entire nation, unless you live in Florida, thinks deserves to be there, which is the University of Florida. As they've been ba- they've been pushed to their limits many times by Kentucky, by just many others. They've there have just been teams that have pushed them to their limits, and they're like, you're you're yeah, you won, but it was just so close. You sh- you should very easily have lost that Kentucky game. You should very easily have lost a couple games this season. Not even against good, like honestly good opponents, teams that you probably should have beat by three or four touchdowns, and they're taking you down to the where you have to put a game winning drive together. You do have to remember, after this week, this was the first week that the backup quarterback started for the University of Florida, as Felipe Franks without is out with an injury. At this point, as Kyle Trask comes in as their backup, and to round out the top ten is a team that I talked about earlier, Notre Dame. They took a loss to Georgia, but they pushed Georgia to their limits, and they had that. I think in some cases, if you watch the game, you probably agree with me. They definitely had some chances. They definitely had some chances to absolutely no question win that game. Did they know? But, and, I mean, it's, it was a heartbreaking loss. And even the, even Kirby Smart said, the coach of the University of Georgia, said that if, these are the kind of games that even when you're coaching, you hate to see either team lose just because of how great both of the quarterbacks played, Ian Book and Jake Fromm. And I just feel like that's that's just where we're at at this moment. Just like there are a lot of teams that are playing very well, but until they get to like the bulk of their conference schedule, I feel like you're not going to see a lot of separation. Like like Ohio State now, it's looking like Ohio State's biggest game of the year could be Wisconsin, or like we thought it might be Michigan, but then they're they they should have lost to Army, and then they got blown out. They got pretty much embarrassed by Wisconsin at Wisconsin. So I feel like it's just coming down to the fact of. Because it's, it's probably going to take week, till week 7 or 8 to really realize who who really deserves to be there and who's just kind of like posing there. as A lot of people think Florida is definitely in the are They're just posing there and they'll be gone by the end of the season category. Now wrapping up the NF- NCAA segment, we move on to the big segment of today's podcast, and that is the NFL segment. The NFL had just uh, so many things to talk about, like just a crazy amount of things to talk about. The first one is Antonio Brown, or as some people like to call him Antonio Clown, just because of his antics on and his antics mostly off the field, having going jumping from the Pittsburgh Steelers, then going to the Raiders, and then going to the New England Patriots. It's just the fact of he has now come out and said on Twitter that he is done with football, like completely. If they don't want to give him his guaranteed money after the Patriots have released him, if you do not know the Patriots released Antonio Brown and they're taking away his. They're supposedly taking away the guaranteed money which they offered him. Even though, in this upcoming Monday, the the Monday after this podcast will go out is the is the is was, was supposed to be his payday. It was supposed to be the day where he got his millions uh, millions guaranteed, and they cut him like a week beforehand, and pretty much exactly, or like I think it was like eight days beforehand, they cut him right before the payday. He as he only, he only had a one game stint with this with the Patriots and like it was just a very small time span that he had with the Patriots and it hit, he he was not going down quiet either that's that's a fact that we're learning about AB if he was if he went down he was going he was going down big time and he was going not big time he was just going down he was taking other people down with him the people that he, one of the people he was taking down is the owner of the Patriots as he has come out and said oh. This isn't exactly the exact quote, but he said something around the lines of, Oh, uh, yeah, they can take my guaranteed money away, but I, and, and then that's with these assault, with the sexual assault chart and rape allegations that they have on me, but they can find Robert Kraft and they can find Robert Kraft doing things he shouldn't have been with younger children, and they, but they let him just, like, kind of pretty much sleep that under the table. As if you did not know, Robert Kraft had some issues. With with doing some things with younger children, and was caught down in a cellar, and right before the game, right before the AFC Championship game last year, he was caught doing it in. He was caught doing it in New England, which which was a very interesting thing to happen. He also called out his former quarterback Ben Roethlisberger for the Pittsburgh Steelers, as he also said. Coming up with the same thing as you could take my my millions away, but you want to you won't put Ben in pretty much you won't put Ben in jail after he was also having rape and assault allegations on him having to do with his girlfriend for many many years back, which kind of and same thing as Robert Kraft kind of got swept under the carpet that never happened type thing. And AB, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh my goodness, he just came out and said that, but I I'm kind of with the person of yeah, he came out and said that. But he has complete backing. He has what happened with Kraft. He, Kraft was literally caught on camera in the cellar. And Ben, pretty much, nine out of ten, nobody understands how, the, how he got swept under the carpet because so many people already agreed with it. It's pretty much a proven fact now. It just kind of nothing happened from it. And I've heard a lot of analysts say, I've heard some people like Stephen A. Smith say, oh, his career could be over. Then I've heard some people say, who knows? If these rape allegations go away and he's just back to being Antonio Brown without any allegations on him. Who knows? He could be back in the NFL. And I feel like there's a chance he's back in the NFL, but I think there's also a very good chance that, as he said, he was, he's going to be going back to school to get his degree. He has come out and said that also on Twitter. He likes to voice his opinions on Twitter, evidently. But he's just said that he's going to be going back to school just because of the fact that he now needs his degree if football has now ended for him. I I think he'll definitely still stay in the news. He might not be as much since he's not officially a pro athlete anymore, I think it'll still stay in the news because of just how everything went down and the shots he took at people who are still in the NFL. Now getting off the topic of Antonio Brown, we're talking about things that happened around the league in a big week three for the NFL. First one is the Giants are really kinda of in a hole now. There are a lot of goods and bad for Giants. They just had a very, very interesting week. First of all, Daniel Jones, he started this week. He came back from an 18, he came back from down twenty-one. To win the game at the very end for, against the Buccaneers. To get the Giants their first win this season. Which some people thought wasn't going to come to like week 10. Which arguably so. If they would have kept Eli Manning. And there's a chance. As if you did not know. Over his career. Went down at 18 plus. Eli Manning over his career is 0-44. Daniel Jones over his career is 1-0. But also you got to remember. As I was saying. There's a big part of that. Daniel Jones. Whenever you think Giants. You don't usually think Daniel Jones. You usually think. What's the first thing you think? That's Saquon Barkley. He is just an absolute menace. He was incredible coming out of the University of Penn State. He's really showed up in the NFL. He's a he's a he's a crazy athlete. Well, they're not going to have him for at least four to eight weeks because of a high ankle sprain, which was obtained in that win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's really gonna hurt their chances of taking of getting a lot more wins because Jones, actually, funny enough, on two of the touchdowns he had, he ran in because on one of them he he read optioned. If you didn't know, that's where the quarterback was runs an inside zone with the running back, and he either can pull it or give the ball to the running back, and he decided to pull it. It was like second quarter where the entire rest of the game, they'd be giving the ball Saquon, Saquon, Saquon. But at this point, they pull the ball, and the entire defense shifts to Saquon. And he literally walks into the end zone. It's just that type thing. Saquon just can literally take an entire defense with him on a fake just because most people, they think Giants. What's the only threat we have to think? Oh, it's Saquon. Saquon Barkley, of course, because just of how good he is. So I think the Giants have a very interesting thing to think of. As Daniel Jones, he's looking very good. He could. He's had an incredible week one with that comeback. But I feel like he's definitely going to make it a lot. He's going to make his job probably 100 times harder, maybe more, now that Saquon Barkley is out of the lines for the New York Giants. The Patriots, they just they look dominant. Even after cutting AB, they, they might honestly look better without AB. Even after you see Julian, I don't know what it is, it's looking like he's going to be a little banged up after, the, after their win against the Jets. But it's, it's looking like that's really not going to matter at all. They're they're, they're 3-0. They're cruising. And it's just like, it's looking like, I want to sit it's kind of coming down to the fact of, come on, somebody in the NFL, NFL come and stop us. Somebody show us that you have what it takes to actually shut down this offense and score on this defense that we have assembled so far. Another big news point that happened in this, in this very lively week of NFL news is Jalen Ramsey, the star cornerback and probably start player for the Jacksonville Jaguars, has requested a trade out of Jacksonville after they have had a very lackluster start to start out the season. There are many teams that are looking at him. As, one of, as most analysts you'll see, if you look uh, at the Joe Ramsey trade, you've seen a lot of analysts say the Ravens need to get him, the Ravens need to get him, the Ravens need to get him. Because if you didn't know, the biggest game of the week last week was the Ravens, and the Kansas City Chiefs, two great teams. The Chiefs did end up winning that game at the end. But it was pretty evident whenever you have a team like Patrick Mahomes, remember, without Tyreek Hill, as he is out with a shoulder injury at this point. So this is, well, without Tyreek Hill, Chiefs team put up easily put up 30 points on this Ravens defense, who was top-ranked in every category last year. And I mean, yeah, they lost a couple people, but, I mean, they, they, they looked good. But you could see, like, the Chiefs, you got to be able to beat the Chiefs, got to be able to beat the Patriots, got to be able to beat, like, there are a couple other teams that are just circling around. But those are the two big ones if you want a chance to go to the Super Bowl. If you want a chance of going to go in the Super Bowl, you're going to have to win in Kansas City or you're going to have to win in New England. And it honestly, it probably might be, just crowd-wise, it might be easier to win in Kansas City because it might be easier to win in New England, sorry. Just because of how crazy Kansas City, it's the loudest official outdoor stadium in the entire NFL. It's been measured. Which is why the Ravens, especially if they, and that's what people are saying, if they want a legitimate chance of being able to stop the Chiefs or Patriots to make that Super Bowl run with Lamar Jackson, his that just an absolute incredible year. Like not, it's just an incredible year for for the for the Ravens to start out this year so far. They're thinking the Ravens absolutely have to have him. Like it's like it's not really like a, oh we might we might get him we might not get him no they're like. Dude, if you want a chance of winning any—if you want a chance of being, like, not, like, really being taken seriously, your defense being taken seriously, and your chance of going to Super Bowl taken seriously, you got to get Jalen Ramsey. I mean, that's just kind of—that's kind of how it is. Speaking of another team in the AFC North, the Browns are off to—first, the Steelers. They're, they're the other team in the AFC North I want to talk about. They are falling to 0-3 as they lost a hard-crushing game against the San Francisco 49ers, who are, funny enough, 3-0. and which I, think, which I think is interesting because the, the 49ers was definitely not a team that we thought coming in. Oh, they're, that that's a playoff team. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's the real deal. Playoff team, easy. No, not exactly. That's not exactly. I, I think if you, I took a preseason poll, I definitely do not think that's what people would be saying. I don't know if they're saying that now, but I mean, they have three wins and the Steelers have zero. I mean, as I talked about in my last podcast, make sure if you didn't hear about that, make sure to go down below and listen to that. But as I was saying in my last podcast, there's just a lot of things that are going to be different with the Steelers' offense, with Mason Rudolph at the helm at this point. Yeah, And as we've seen, for one thing, Minka Fitzpatrick, which I'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast, that's the one high point for the Steelers. And he was for that game, is that he's showing up to play. I'll talk about a little bit more in depth in that later in the podcast, but it's showing that he is the real deal but it, it's not said Mason Rudolph he had a pretty good game but it's their defensive backfield if you're a Steelers fan which I am personally they, they need a lot of help it's kind of just how it is at this point then moving on to the other AFC North, the team that's feeling a little bit better but I was going to talk about it, isn't exactly living up to the hype of this season is the Cleveland Browns you're 1-2 to start out the year you got blown out by Tennessee you lost to the Rams yeah I mean you got to you, you be a Jets team that literally their entire team is Le'Veon Bell and that's it so, I mean, it's just like the Browns are definitely not living up to the hype. And that's just what a lot of people are coming to the conclusion of. Like, hey, you guys said they're going to live up to the hype. I told you so. That's This is a 7-9 team at best type thing. Baker Mayfield has officially come out and said, trying to rally the troops, no, it's not. These guys are just haters. They're, you got to let the haters motivate us to go go out there and get wins because we're the only ones who can. I And in my opinion, if you're wondering that, I just think like, At best, yeah, I think at best it's an 8-18. I mean I wanna just say no, I think hot take, hot take, I think at best they're an eight and eighteen. I just think that's kinda how it is. I mean I think the Browns are good. Do I think they're excellent? No. Do I think if they had a couple more pieces could they be? Absolutely. Do I think they'll do it in this season? Absolutely not. I think they're, Do I think the receiving core is the problem? Not really, no. I don't think that they're exactly the problem. Like, I think OBJ and Jarvis Landry are doing good. Not having David Njoku as their tight end isn't helping anything. And I think Baker Mayfield, he's, he's a good, talented quarterback. I could be proved completely wrong. You guys could come back once to this podcast and say, oh, wow, he was completely wrong. Look at the Browns. They're 11-5 in the playoffs. But I just, I don't know. If I can see them going 10-3 to finish out this season. I just don't know if I can see that or even 9-4 to finish out this season. Or even for that measure, 8-5 and 5 to finish out this season. I don't know. It's just like, I think this is, there's just a lot of question marks on this Brown team. Because they're like, oh my goodness, we came in with all this hype. And then we kind of suck now. <laughs> and it's not even say that we suck. I mean, we yeah, we beat a Jets team that was awful. We got blown out by a Titans team that oh, some people would say is just okay. And then we got beaten by a real uh, by definitely not the best Rams team we're going to see, or but definitely not the best team we're going to see this year. I mean, the Rams are good, but again, don't get me wrong; they're not amazing. They're good, but they're not amazing. They have a very injured Todd Gurley, or they could be a lot better. Don't get me wrong; they could be a lot better if he was still healthy and he he was able to stay healthy. As that Super Bowl definitely could have been a different story last year. Maybe not completely well, but I felt they definitely one of the three points they could have given Todd Gurley more of a load if he wasn't injured at that point. Now that we find out after the Super Bowl is over, but I just feel like the Browns—they have a lot of things that they like. They have a lot of things that they just need to try to figure out. They need to try to figure out what the heck's going on and like what they need to do to get to live up to the hype. And and as I said, living up to the hype for them has to be like a ten-six season playoffs. Winning the AFC North, like that's the hype that they're getting right now. It's not even like a, oh, we made the playoffs in the wild card, then we lose in the first round. Now this is a Browns team that's with the hype that they've been getting, getting OBJ and Jarvis Landry and the connection at LSU and Baker Baker touchdown maker, and all the hype literally feels like from all the NFL combined. Like besides like AB maybe, and like he's he he definitely doesn't hasn't even got close to the hype, but he's the probably the next closest. It's just the AP drama. I just think the Browns, like, they really need to, they really need to like, live up to the hype. Or they're really going to let, like, pretty much their entire fan base down because their entire fan base was looking for a playoff chance in the AFC Championship year, and they're getting just the mediocre one that they're used to. Now talking about more interesting NFL news, and when I say interesting, it's just a more interesting topic of this week was probably the Buffalo Bills. How the heck are they 3 now? I, I don't know. I... It's a lot of people call it the NFL's biggest mystery just because the Bills like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to go 6 and 10 again." Wait, what? We're 3 and 0 to start out the season? What are you talking about? Yeah, this this is, you're not dreaming Bills fans. This is actually like a real thing. Did I expect it? No. Did anybody expect it? Did, did the Bills fans expect it? Probably not. But is it happening? Yeah. It's it, that it is happening. Is the quarterback for the Bills playing out of his mind? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Are they uh, is their defense actually showing up to play? Are they actually like getting off the bus and showing up to play this year? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that's what ha- that's what's happening. Is Josh Allen, as like I said, the Bills quarterback, he he's she's playing. Yeah, he's showing up to play and he's doing what he should have been doing in the last couple of years, which the Bills thought he could do the last couple of years. Is he gonna have to keep doing that? Yeah, for them to win games absolutely. He's gonna have to keep doing what he's doing. They'll win games. Well, they have a ginormous game coming up. It'll be home against New England. And this is what we're gonna see, if they can actually beat this New England team, then I feel like the Bill, there are gonna be some Bills fans that are just gonna like absolutely lose their mind. They like just honestly the way this New England team is like an exaggeration, but the way this New England team looks, they could like honestly burn down Buffalo, for all we know. The way this Bills team look, <laughs> the way this Patriots team look, imagine if they beat him, then Buffalo could be like burned down by, by Monday morning knows but who I just think that's definitely without question the biggest mystery in football right now is how the heck are the Bills and how the heck are the 49ers the two of the team that are 3-0 to start out this season yeah a lot of people say oh they'll fall off they'll lose like six in a row and they'll be three and six and they'll be like oh hey, okay, it's the Bills but what if they don't and then people are being optimistic like what if they don't what if we actually like go like 10-6 and make playoffs then I feel like there's going to be a lot of questions that are going to be asked like what are they doing right what are the Browns doing wrong just, just many questions. If we end up getting to that point, up next we're talking about the Panthers, who got there, who in their first with Cam Newton now with an injury, he he probably will be out for the for at least a couple more weeks. If Kyle Allen, he has come in. It was a battle for him for the position between him and Will Greer. It's not really looking like a battle for the position right now. Because the fact that Kyle Allen came out and kind of like balled out and got them the first one of the season, so, and whenever they did that, whenever he did that, he kind of solidified a starting role, just because of the fact. Uh, they need wins. And if the pa- if the Panthers can get wins and if it's not Cam Newton, I don't know how much they really care. I just feel like it's just the fact of they just need to get wins at this point. <laughs> so I feel like Kyle Allen, who knows? He could be the answer for the Panthers. Cam Newton could come back and he could be out of a job. The way Kyle Allen is playing, if you, you get the – with a team like the Panthers who have, who have had – they've had some success but not a crazy amount. You start giving them, hey, I'm, I can stack win on win on win. They're like, hey, but we give you money. You give us wins. Perfect, perfect deal. Now the last thing I'll talk about to finish this out is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I talked about them a little bit earlier. They are the team that I follow, and as we did trade Minka Fitzpatrick, this will be the last thing I talk about. Is Minka Fitzpatrick? He is the t- he is the safety that we traded for our first round pick in the upcoming draft. For he's looking like he's going to turn out. The Steelers, as I said, their defensive backfield is poor to, to be nice. They completely blew the San Francisco game after a beautiful drive by Mason Rudolph. They blew the game completely for us, and that's kind of just how it is. I mean, don't really want to show them about this. They blew the game for us. We should be 1-2 right now, but our defensive backfield sucks, and they blew the game. But I feel like, I feel like Minka helped. I mean, flew first drive as a stealer. Defense drive as a stealer. He gets a pick. And, I mean, it's just the other thing. Like People are like, oh, your defensive backfield sucks. But we, tur- we got five turnovers. This Pittsburgh Steelers would really be forced five turnovers. Yeah, we had four. That's another story for another day. But yeah, we forced five turnovers and we lost the game. Is that our defense or is that our offense lacking to score off those turnovers? Yeah, we gave four of them right back and there's only had one turnover difference, but at this point. But just get back to what I'm saying, I feel like Minka, he's definitely he helped just because the fact if he's good. He's very talented. He's younger. He's younger than not, which I feel like the Steelers need. They need some really good young guys to help going forward. Especially defensive backfield. Young defensive backfield. That's like the best of all the worlds for the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. But I feel like Minka Fitzpatrick. Just what I want to say is he's just. I really think he's going to turn out, and I feel like he can help the Steelers. But the Steelers need a heck of a lot more help in the defensive backfield. They even want to make the remotely make the playoffs this year, or have any shot at it. They're going to need to make some big adjustments, or Mason Rudolph's going to have to have the the year of his absolute life. One or the other is going to have to happen, (laughs) and that's kind of just how that's kind of just how, in my opinion, that's the place that the Steelers are at at this moment. With that said about the Steelers, that's going to wrap up the 25th edition of the Sports Run On Podcast. I want to let you know I am on I am on Twitter as Sports Run On Podcast. Just at Sports Run On Podcast. Make sure to go there. I will be tweeting many times daily, so make sure to go there and check me out. Give me a follow if you're interested. And I just want to I just want to thank you for listening to the 25th edition of the Sports Run On Podcast.